Greetings, my dear fellow Republic Broadcasting Network listeners. Today is the 28th of January in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2024 or more. This is yours truly, Mer. We have a chat room, yours truly, Mer, chatango.com, dot chatango.com, or dot chat and go. And uh, I want to remind people that we're winding down to the end of the possibility of getting this beautiful quilt that Michael Gaddy has offered up. Unused quilt, beautiful gift that he was given, I believe. And he, you know, wants to share his gift with everyone and help uh, RBN at the same time. And the cute little 25-pound hummingbird on it doesn't come with it. Uh, yeah, so let me see here. Let me bring that up. And it's uh, RBN's New Year Rebel Madman Rabble Razor, and I'll add quote raffle to that description. And it's considered the um, Confederate battle flag, but it originally is St. Andrew's flag, and that's why it is hated so much. Even the stained work, stained uh, glass work of it in the cathedral in D.C. was taken out. They put a plain glass. They might have put something else in by now. Just put plain glass in and take that out. So we can see everything boils down to Christ or Antichrist. And because there were other flags, there were, what, three or four other flags in the Confederacy. But this is the one they zero in on. And interestingly enough, Jamaica has one with the same design but a different color scheme. So they have St. Andrew's flag, too. So, um... You need $250 at least to put in the uh, fishbowl for the drawing, which will be at the end of this month. Uh, with this, you get not only the quilt, but an RBN mug, T-shirt, business cards, and bumper stickers. So it's a whole package deal. And uh, let me see. If you have already previously donated in the last three weeks an equivalent gift <clears throat> between December 10th and 31st and want to participate you are eligible to join in just call and let us know that you are interested that's 800-724-2719 extension 3 and funding of any kind anytime is very welcome RBN just had a biannual $2,000 bill for the servers come up and so that kind of drained the counts and you know we've got to pay these producers we people that get to put our voices out here don't expect to get paid. We're just thankful to have somewhere that we can share what we're finding out with others. And so uh, I'm expecting uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones. I call him E. Mike. I hope he doesn't mind. I'll ask him to call in and join us this first hour at least. And maybe he'll stay for the second hour. But we'll see how that goes. And... Uh, what was it a uh, week before last I um, had played part of one of his I was going through several of his um, videos and <clears throat> the one where uh, someone had hosted a kill stream it's called uh, with Jim Goad and E. Mike and they both grew up in Philadelphia so there were a few times that the Stowe High in Transit acronym slipped out and um could happen again so um don't worry about it but i think it's interesting because the other one that's really offensive is the acronym for unlawful carnal knowledge so we don't know we're blurting out acronyms at the will of whoever puts them up there and because that's that's what our our good leaders want us to do they put out these examples that are not good. And, you know, they run the porn business. They get everybody involved with that. And it's so effective and essential for them, for the evil, for the Antichrist. Because that's what we come to earth in these bodies for. First, the parents are to keep the innocence of the children as long as possible and teach them about Jesus Christ and how life on earth works and read them the earth manual. And teach them from it. That would be the Holy Bible. And. Uh, then you know. Natural process. Is. Uh, as we reach maturity. 
the late teens actually is perfect to start a new family and be fruitful and multiply. Or as uh, Owen Benjamin says, don't be fruity and blow a guy. So, yeah. But we're given all these backwards things because they reject Christ. The, the Jews reject Christ and have for 2,000 years. If they'd known they could re reject him before that, they would have. And they probably actually did in the way things went because the Israelites were really Christians before Christ came on the scene. And in fact, he actually did appear a few times in the incarnate form in the Old Testament, too. And I have a difference of opinion. Um, oh, good. Our guest is here. We won't get to that difference of opinion right now. <laughs> so, um, E-Mike, may I call you that? Hello. Hi. Hi, Dr. Jones. May I call you E-Mike? Yes, sure. Oh, good. How are you? Good to hear I'm your voice. I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Sounds like we have a pretty good connection. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, I got that last email to you a little late there. I don't know if you saw it, but about what we might talk about. And like I said, anything you want to bring up, you know, it's the top of your agenda right now. I know uh, the um, Holocaust narrative is very hot, and people don't realize how important you are in this battle with the Jews, you know, whether you're Catholic or not. If you believe in Logos, that's the thing. Jesus right. Christ, you know, that's right. the well, ultimate thing. Yeah. It, it's, be, it's become, uh, it's in the news, of course. Yesterday was Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh. And in order to capitalize on that, Ben Shapiro dragged uh, Elon Musk, the richest goy in the world, over to Auschwitz so that he could offer up incense to the idol known as the, the Holocaust. So it shows you how powerful this force is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they own the money, right? Or the fake currency. Well, that, uh, you think that Elon Musk had had enough money to tell him to go, he's got better things to do than go and lick their boots or offer up incense. But apparently well, not. You know, his grandfather uh, was Jewish and from Canada and moved to South Africa. So uh, he's part of the tribe to some degree. Well, he said he was aspirationally Jewish. <laughs> I guess that's what they call it when the father's Jewish, huh? Father's side or something. I don't know. I'm Actually, not sure which grandfather. That, that, used, that used to be called uh, used to be called half Jewish. Yeah, right, right. So one one person who was half Jewish was Barry Goldwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he said because he was uh, uh, because he was half Jewish. He could only play nine holes at restricted golf courses. <laughs> yeah, they're not restricted anymore. They're restricting everybody else, right? Seems that way. Yeah, and he believed in uh, the UFO phenomena and stuff, right? Barry Goldwater? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep, I guess, you know, I, I have to think, though, that when people reject Christ, that they leave themselves unprotected from... You're right, because Christ is the Logos incarnate. Mm -hmm. And so if you reject Christ, you're rejecting Logos, which is reason, which yeah. is the nature of our being. Yeah. Logic, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking. Speech is a manifest, the most basic manifestation of Logos. Right. So if you Language can't talk, what are you going to yeah. do? We, it leads naturally to violence if you suppress logos yes yeah language is the first technology right yes it's part of our nature as human beings and i think that what we're seeing now in the world is the results of the rejection of logos you see it in gaza right now mm -hmm. jews reject logos and so the, the violence is undeniable it is and hamas means violence that's why they keep re repeating it. They don't want to say, you know, Palestinians, because that's who they really are wiping out, you know. But it was the same thing with the COVID. Divok is, um, you know, it's the reverse from 
way we write and everything. And that means uh, Dibbuk, uh, uh, D-Y-B-B-U-K, and it's a demon on your back, Hebrew. There again, casting spells. That's right. That's right. It leads to irrationality. And irrationality mm-hmm. leads to violence. And that's the whole story in a nutshell. I mean, back a couple of years ago, they, I was blamed for the Poway shootings, the synagogue shootings, oh, by the ADL. They held yeah, me responsible because absolutely. I said things that they didn't like. And I said, no, no, you're responsible because you're suppressing speech. Yep. You know, I'm telling people that uh, no one has the right to harm the Jew. That was one of my basic messages. It's the Catholic message. And yeah. when you suppress that, you didn't allow me to talk to the guy with the guns, and he went out and killed people because he said the time for time for talking is over. It's just the the mem- or whatever the manifesto he wrote before he went out and started killing people. You know, it's how much of this can we believe, though, E. Mike? You know, and the uh, doctor Michael Brown, the claims to be a messianic Jew, quickly had you on. I mean, you're so great to come on shows, but he definitely was setting you up for this staged event. So he could say, what did he call you? Christian National or something? He called me an anti-Semite. Well, that too. So you, he, he um, I don't know, he's, he, he claims he's a Christian, but he talks like a Jew. I couldn't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, uh, whenever he, you know, whenever you disagree with him, he got so upset, and he calls you an anti-Semite. So mm-hmm. I came up, I, I quoted uh, 1 Thessalonians 2. The, the Jews mm-hmm. are the people that killed Christ, and they're enemies of the entire human race. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to say to me, no, that, that's, it's referring to Judeans. <laughs> and he quotes one translation of the Bible. I said, look, I don't, I don't need a translation. I know what the Greek is. It's hoi Judeoi. It means the Jews. It's, mm-hmm. Maybe there's an archaic language factor involved here but so as soon as you say this he, he gets upset and he calls you an anti-semite and then he goes into this weird it gives this really weird thing where he brings me up on a tv screen or a screen there and then he says to me you have the last word <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on the program he's got a picture of it's like there's a picture of me on the wall and he says uh-huh. to me you have the last word and the picture didn't say anything so therefore ha he doesn't know what to say. I mean, this was really weird. This guy is, was desperate at that point. Yeah, that's why I'm saying he was set up part of the cabal. And um, the next day, too, after the uh, um, the fellow, and I'm not thinking of his name, <clears throat> the Jewish representative at um, or Israeli ambassador, <clears throat> excuse me, at the um, UN, <clears throat> at the UN. Um, you know, also claimed whatever that term was right away. And the uh, rabbi at that event, he had worked for the San Diego police, I think. But he also remember his fingers grew back. Do you remember that? I don't think I think that was an, an entire staged event. I know. And, and they use they always use some young, uh, quote unquote, white boy, <laughs> you know, with some fake manifesto. And then they have a bunch of Photoshop pictures. Right. Yeah, you know, not not all of the events. Some of the, some of them actually do result in death. Like for instance, the one um, I'm not thinking of his first name, but in the Buffalo uh, grocery store uh, market in New York, um, it looked for all the world like another staged event. People lying around and stuff. But the one that really did get killed was a man named Salter Jr. And I'm not thinking of his first name right now, but he was the um, uh, guard uh, there at the uh, at the market, and uh, which seemed kind of strange that you'd have a guard at the market, but whatever. And he had been running his truck on water for the last four years, and you can find videos of him where he's showing how he did that. He put a little bit of gas to start the engine and then run it on water, so he had to go. Mm. He was an inventor, a black man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll send you some information on that. Well, I have way too much time to research, and it gets so interesting. And people will say, "I never heard that before." <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Look, uh, the Holy Spirit, the breath of holiness, whatever says, go here, do this, and I do it." You know, ask me questions like, um, "Where's the largest JCC uh, Jewish Community Center?" Well, it's on the Dnieper River in Ukraine, as it turns out. Hmm. So, 
<laughs> so they're headed there where they can uh, be refugees in style, the uh, little caption said with the place. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing the control they have. But they're, like you said, desperate and afraid at this point. Because, like Ehud Barak said, uh, and others, none of their kingdoms last longer than 80 years. Yeah, that seems to be the specter that's haunting Israel at this point. So they're now at 75, and I think a, a, a note of desperation is starting to creep into the, whatever they're doing there. The uh, military operation is not going well for them, even in spite of the fact that they have caused so much death and carnage among the Palestinians. It now looks as if they're going to have to withdraw from Gaza and head north uh, to the border, the northern border, because uh, they're either going to go into Lebanon and take care of Hezbollah, or Hezbollah is going to cross the border and take care of them. So that means it's, it's pretty much over, over in Gaza. Even the areas that they occupied weren't really occupied because of the tunnels, primarily. So they would think they occupied it, and then suddenly people would pop out of the, Hamas would pop out of the tunnels and attack them from behind. And uh, they just recently uh, uh, blew up a building and killed uh, 24 Israeli soldiers. So it, it's not going well, and that's not even to mention the court of public opinion, which mm -hmm. has turned against them uh, completely. No, this was prophesied, right? In the Bible. What are you referring to? In the Bible, towards the end of time, that all nations would be, uh, you know, aware of, uh, you know, rather than expelling them, which has happened 1,030 times, and if you count Afghanistan now, that's 1,031 times. So uh, there's nowhere to run to. People are aware. Whether they want to admit it or not, most, you know, most are still, you know, have their gold chain yanked or whatever, right? Yeah, it looks that way. It does seem to, we've, we've reached a kind of state of global consciousness where there's no place else to go. Yeah. So because of that, there's going to have to be some type of confrontation, which is going to end up one way or the other. Yeah. Well, we have a short break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Six foot four, weighing in 245 pounds of crime fighting, political science analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti cicada agenda. I'm a born again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. F*** you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show. Tuesday at 9 central and Wednesday at 1 central. Did you know the IRS publicly admits that income tax is collected by voluntary compliance? Get the information you need to help you avoid income tax with these five easy steps. All you have to do is go to avoidincometax.com to get your five easy steps on how to avoid the IRS income tax. Escape the IRS. Let avoidincometax.com help you. We guarantee our five easy steps or your money back. Go to avoidincometax.com. All righty, we're back with our guest, E. Mike Jones. And um, Aaron 
Salter Jr. is that uh, he was a policeman too at one time. But um, yeah, there's a video of his truck and him. I'll have to pop that in the mail to you later. So where okay. do we leave off? <laughs> uh, the 80-year curse, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, uh, Ehud Barak is not the only prime minister, former prime minister, who thinks this way. The other prime ministers feel this way as well. And uh, the, the, I think this explains the note of desperation that actually mm-hmm. started the uh, Al-Aqsa flood. It was the invasion of the mosque by the Israelis, uh, oh. which was preliminary to tearing the mosque down and rebuilding the temple. I think that's... That's the the only thing they feel can can save them from the eighty year curse if they rebuild the temple. And I agree with you; that's not going to work. <laughs> well, it didn't work the last time they tried it. So uh, there was uh, that was the uh, time of Julian the Apostate, the Roman emperor, who wanted to return Rome to paganism after his grandfather Constantine had opened it up to Christianity. So uh, he got the best engineer in the Roman Empire, and they cleared it off, and then as soon as the first stone, the cornerstone, was being laid, fire erupted from the earth and killed all of the Jews who were there uh, building it. And there were, uh, there, so they were trying to run to refuge, to escape from the fire, and they got to the door of the chapel, and then suddenly there's a flaming cross on the door, and they can't get in, and then they get incinerated as well. And so the moral, this this is not just, um, there was a Christian, there was an Aryan, and there was a pagan. All wrote memoirs describing this. They all described the story. They all agreed that if the Jews were able to rebuild the temple, this would prove that Christianity was false, and no one would have to take it seriously. The, the Christian agreed with it. Everyone agreed that if that happens, and they all told the same story of how there was this divine intervention that prevented it from being built because what God wants destroyed, no man can build. That's the moral that they took out of it. Mm-hmm. And this has been, you know, Heinrich Graetz mentioned it. He's the father of Jewish historiography. He at least, uh, a lot, I think the Jewish Encyclopedia denies that it ever happened. Heinrich Graetz admitted that it happened, but he said it was uh, underground gas deposits or something like that, some type of stupid naturalistic explanation. But uh, everyone agreed, you know, it's part of the historical record. And if you're going to do it again, I suggest that you read that chapter in my book, The The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, because it may end up the same way as before. Mm Mm-hmm. They probably have prefab uh, stuff to throw together to try to get their, (laughs) you know, to try to get it together. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And if, if there were natural things involved, well, who's in charge of natural things? The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent one, right? That's so. right. God's in charge. Yeah. Uh, somebody here in chat is talking about your libido dominati and Jews and moral subversion. And these last three... Um, post you had uh i liked where Gemma, you know she she kind of hit on that same thing with 80 women you know but i have seen people brag like that um as if to show they think it's genetic that they need to be with a lot of different people sexually or something i don't some crazy excuse but you see what it boils down to is more like more like michael boris you know where there's They've had childhood trauma, and they're acting it out, and uh, they're demon-possessed, actually, and, um, you know, narcissistic, and and a narcissist has to have its supply. Um, you know, just yeah, looking I've at these face... Yeah, i never female promiscuity. What, what's, the, what's the trauma? I, I, uh, male homosexuality is generally father deprivation. Right. And well, so you're trying to replace the... With, in, quantity what you lack in quality because you feel that there's some type of deficit of masculinity that you can make up by associating uh, sexually with other men so what's what's driving female promiscuity 
Well, in part, the same thing, not having a father protector, you know, to keep the child's innocence. And now with more and more, it's just everywhere on their little scrying mirrors, you know, their little rectangles they carry around all the time. <laughs> you know, it's they lust after babies. It's insane. But Did you say been, after babies? Yes. It's, it's younger and younger. And. Yeah, there again, my research, never mind, <laughs> you know, but uh, there was a woman, um, Susan Wood, I believe her name is, in England. And um, the problem with having men research this a lot of times is they get uh, addicted to the sensational sensuality of even with children and babies and um, get hooked on it. So this woman... Um, Studying in a studying a case, uh, and and what will happen is some of these men will do these things because they can get like ten thousand dollars for one short video of uh, of raping a baby. You know, it, it's really strange. So, uh, two of the things she found um, when she was researching the way she found to track these down was uh, one one was a young girl, and she told her mother that her father was coming in the room at night. And um, so the, she set up a camera. I think the girl herself did, not the mother. But um, and <clears throat> so the Susan Wood studied. The only thing there was to study to identify them was the back of the hand. And it turns out, like fingerprints, the back of the hand show individual traits. The way the veins run and everything is individual. And so, yeah, it was the father. And then there was another case where. A young man in the neighborhood uh, with the young couple and their young baby boy sleeping, and he offered to sit with them so they could have a night out. Well, it turns out, uh, you know, he was doing, like I said, you know, to get money. and uh, But they tracked him down there again by what was on the back of his hands. Hmm. Well, I just was on uh, discussing Libido Dominati with Jason Whitlock. Uh, didn't know who he was before the show uh, started to talk about the, the black population in particular about the, oh. the sexualization of that group of people yeah please hold that thought we've got a short three minute break here at the bottom of the hour and we'll be back and then I think we have a clear half hour to the top of the hour are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-in lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-in lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. 
we make pigs fly. Cows, too. Aesop, LLC, 417-932-6419. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. waste too much time because e mike says he can't stay for the second hour so you were starting to talk about your visit with jason whitlock i wondered if you were familiar with him when i watched that i wasn't sure so he no, comes I from wasn't. the blaze he, from no, glenn he, beck's outfit right well he uh i didn't know who he was and he didn't know who i was <laughs> but a lot of people on his show said you got to have this guy on because he was talking about the effects of sexual liberation in the black community. So he said, this guy wrote a book about it. And uh, so he flashed up the cover of uh, Libido Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control. It's a book I wrote 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh came pretty clear he didn't read it. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, right, that's why right. he had me on, to give you the elevator speech. Uh, so, but it took a little while to, to, to figure out, oh, the guy's black. I thought Jason sounds like a guy who's in his 20s with a pornography problem, but he's a black guy. He's a sports commentator and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I started to adjust, right? my, adjust my presentation to what I thought was his audience. Mm-hmm. So I assume he's got a black audience, so I'll talk about, you know, the black issue. Uh, right. Because there is a, a whole uh, black issue of using sex, uh, the sexualization of, of the black population. Mm-hmm. And I started. I mentioned the um, Harlem Renaissance as a beginning of this 1920s when jazz started to become mainstream. And then I mentioned the whole founding of the NAACP uh, by two Jews. It's a Jewish organization. Uh, the, the Harlem Renaissance was basically a Jewish creation as well. Amy Spingarn had a was the sister of the to one of the bro- a man, the Spingarn brothers, who created the NAACP. Mm-hmm. So you got this program of uh, basically providing a, a kind of reservation for, for black people, uh, which excluded certain black That's what reservations do. They excluded certain black people. And one of them was Marcus Garvey, the great black nationalist, because the Jews didn't like black nationalism. They don't like any kind of nationalism except Jewish nationalism, which is called Zionism. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, but he, the interesting thing was watching Jason's face. Yes, his, his eyes, his eyes. Did you see the video? Oh yes, I watched it a couple times. But could you see him when you were recording? Yeah, I could. I could. Oh, okay. It's always good because you you like to know what kind of uh, reaction you're getting. So I can't see you, so I don't know how you're reacting <laughs> other than the way you're talking. Yeah, but I could see the way he was reacting, and you know, it's like a picture was worth a thousand words. It was. Because you could see, first of all, that this white boy kind of knew a little bit of black history. But he also knew the hidden grammar, which mm-hmm. is basically, it was Jews controlling blacks. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole story of that. It goes all the way up to Martin Luther King and the Harlem riots in 1937, uh, the, the crisis of the Negro intellectual. I could talk about it for, you know, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and but he got it. And uh, but the problem was that once you do that, people really get upset. Certain people really get upset because the whole point of 
the black person uh, from the Jewish perspective is known as the Black Jewish Alliance. Mm-hmm. It was started when I told you, when I talked about it. Uh, the Civil Rights Movement was a classic example of the Black Jewish Alliance, with uh, Martin Luther King having these Jewish controllers. Uh, who's one of the guys, the, Jew, the main Jew whose name escapes me now, Stanley Levinson, I believe. Yes. Who was his fundraiser, and that's the way they control you by breaking His handler mind. and his speechwriter, apparently, at some right. points, too. And I, said, yeah. and I said, it goes all the way up to, to Kanye West. It goes up to Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I said, the NBA is a big plantation where 85% of the players are black and 85% of the owners are Jewish. And what and happened you to Kobe Bryant? I'm sorry, Dan. You say something the Jew doesn't like, they yank your chain. (laughs) And I said, so, and I said, the man who understood this was Dave Chappelle, that great Mm -hmm. monologue he did on Saturday Night Live about Kanye. And he said, you know, a combination of it is put your chain on, nigga. (laughs) That was the whole story in a nutshell. In other words, Jason deleted that. It's a gold chain, but it's still a chain. Mm-hmm. And and if they don't like what you say, they yank the chain, and that's what mm-hmm. happened with Kyrie. He he just did something innocuous like recommending a movie. Yeah, he thought people should watch, and the the ADL came down on him like a ton of bricks. Well, wait a minute, <laughs> give me a break. You're not allowed. To, but no, you're not. If you have that gold chain around your neck, they can yank it at any time. So what did Dave Chappelle say? Uh, if you're you know billionaire, you can tuck it in, right? Yeah, he said Kanye, uh, you know, Kanye went to this kind of summit meeting of all these big rappers, and they all have these big gold chains on, and uh, he doesn't wear one. He doesn't have one on. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, why isn't it? He said, well, you, you, you folk are millionaires, and I'm a billionaire, and I don't have to wear a gold chain. And that's when Dave Chappelle said, well, now <laughs> put your chain on, nigga, because you just <laughs> lost a billion dollars overnight. You know, yeah. because they canceled your Adidas contract or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, but I think that what happened is that the controllers got really upset that here's a white guy and a black guy who are saying that the Jew is the common enemy. That mm-hmm. really got them upset. And I think, yep. you know, you know what they did <laughs> within hours of that? They brought out Ben Shapiro doing a rap song. Oh, no. I missed that, thank goodness. Oh, yeah, you should watch that. There's, <laughs> it's really funny. Ben Shapiro, by the way, can play the violin uh, really uh, well. He does a really good version of... Uh, of oh, he does Schindler's List, okay, that's, I figured that. But then he does this beautiful version of Ave Maria. Oh. The, uh, you know, the Schubert's Ave Maria on the violin. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to play an instrument, but here he's doing... Why are you doing uh, rap music? I think it's to bring back the Black Jewish Alliance. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that, that's what was being threatened there because it's always threatening to break apart because the Jews are always exploiting black people. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. They they know the blacks know this. They go to their stores. They're being cheated in their stores by the merchants in black black neighborhoods, and they don't like it. Yeah. Well. Um... Islam, the Nation of Islam, right? NOI, um, Louis Farrakhan, they have a four-book set, right, of the blacks and the Jews. Yeah, they do. As a matter of fact, I think this was a compliment, but Jason Whitlock called me the white uh, Farrakhan. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty good. (laughs) No, it's it's clear in Chicago. I went to Chicago years ago to do an interview with a black minister uh, who was a pro-life uh, black minister. His name is Hiram Crawford. And I was going to talk about right to life. First thing he talked about was how some Jew cheated him when he bought this building, which, which is where his church was. That's all he wanted to talk about. Some Jew cheated me. And uh, it, it was clearly on his mind. That was clearly the mind of the the black guy on the south side of Chicago. That was, uh, and uh, I was shocked by it. Didn't know what to, didn't know what to say. This is because before I was aware of the Jewish question before I'd written the Jewish revolutionary spirit long before that. So it, it made a big impression on me, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So now I know mm-hmm. how to deal with it. And that's why I'm a threat uh, when I talk to people like Jason Whitlock. 
Yeah. Well, just yesterday on this network, uh, there were two survivors from the USS Liberty. And that was Operation Cyanide and basically started by Abe Fortas. And um, so there's some undermining this now trying to say it was an accident by the Israelis, that it wasn't a planned attack. And it's, it's just so untrue. But this is what they do, um, even like with Leo Frank, right? They're, they're put it in their textbooks that he was innocent, you know? Yeah, they made the state government declare him innocent. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can say I, it, doesn't make it true, even if you say it. And this then, like, was a time. Just, yeah, go ahead. This happened at a time when there was basically no prejudice whatsoever against Jews in the South. The only mm-hmm. Jew they knew about was Judah Benjamin, who was the mm-hmm. treasurer for the Confederacy, and he was on their side. Of course, the Jew was the one who got the loans, you know, they borrowed mm-hmm. the money. But uh, they, the Jews single-handedly uh, antagonized all of the Southerners because of the outrageous way they tried to manipulate the Leo Frank trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, the man who, who basically exposed that was Tom Watson who was a, if there were ever a white boy, it was Tom Watson. He didn't like Catholics. He called the Pope a, a dago in a dress. So he had a kind of way with words. Uh, but he single-handedly focused the um, the attention of the people of Georgia and Alabama, the whole South, on the fact that the Jews were meddling in the legal system. Mm-hmm. People of, the people of... Um, it's Georgia, isn't it? Isn't yeah, Mar- I Marietta, I think, is where it took place. Marietta, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, so I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm challenged when it comes to all those states down there. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, the uh, they were the people of Marietta prided themselves on the fact that they were holding a trial mm-hmm. because this wasn't lynch law, which had been prominent in the South at that time. It was still the the reign of the Ku Klux Klan and People got lynched if they didn't go along with it. So anyway, uh, he's convicted. Leo Frank is convicted seven times. Mm-hmm. It's upheld uh, by the Supreme Court. And then on the last day uh, that the governor's in office, he commutes the sentence and rushes mm-hmm. off to New York, the <laughs> Jewish capital. Of, and the, uh-huh. people, the people of Georgia are so outraged that a mob of 2,000 armed men marches on the governor's mansion where the National Guard has set up a machine gun on the steps to basically uh, stop this attack. But the governor's long gone. So he becomes the great conquering hero in New York. He's, he's like treated like uh, some great man because he pardoned Leo Frank. The people are, are outraged, and a group of them, they get, go drag Leo Frank out, and they lynch him. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they, they're claiming that uh, they're only carrying out the sentence of the, that has already been levied by the state of Georgia. But in right. doing that, they turned Leo Frank into a martyr, which is what he is to this day, uh, certainly yeah, among the Jews. That's when the ADL was formed, right? After that, so, you know, right. to protect any of the, of the Jews. That's and right. you know, that's, That was the beginning were... of the ADL, and, and so now they will lynch you uh, if you say anything they don't like. That's... It's one big orchestrated lynch mob, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, which five... takes place on the Internet generally, where uh, they, they can mobilize people to, to lynch you. Uh, it's all these yeah. people that have no names. There's probably one guy in Tel Aviv with about 50 different aliases. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were five uh, Jews on the jury that unanimously convicted Leo Frank. It was an impartial uh, verdict that was, again and again uh, upheld, including mm-hmm. the United States Supreme Court. They, they, what, see, what the prob- problem here is, the, the Jews can never admit they do anything wrong. Right. Never. And so they always double down. Mm-hmm. Well, they double down with the wrong group of people here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to be honest with you, I think that that's exactly what they're doing in Gaza now. They're doubling down. Mm-hmm. With the wrong group of people, yeah, uh, and these people are not going to back down. And so the question is: Do you think you can exterminate all of those people? Because that's mm-hmm. what you're going to have to do. Because they're not going to back down. And yeah. I don't think they can do it. I, physically, I don't think they can do it because no. the war is not going to work. But 
in terms of public opinion throughout the world, it's eventually going to kick in. And the, the Jews now are realizing that they are being totally isolated because of the bad behavior of people like Netanyahu and the crowd that runs Israel. And there's a large Jewish reaction now building to the, um, to the invasion of Gaza. Mm-hmm. As rightfully there should be. Yes. You know, in, in Revelation, the um, draw, a symbolism of the drying up of the Euphrates is of the uh, people of the world withdrawing, um, you know, support for the Jewish people. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's how some have been interpreted it anyway. So seems to fit. Yeah, well, it's drying up. I mean, the, yeah. what was the last res- United States uh, security or the uh, General Assembly? Uh, like 147 to 4? You know, was there in favor? 147 uh, countries in the world are in favor of a ceasefire? Yeah. And only four people aren't United States, Israel. Micronesia, and Nauru. How many people, uh, how many citizens of the United States of America can locate Nauru on the map? Well, I listen to you, and that's the guano capital, right? That's right. It's the original <laughs> shithole country. So, uh, this, so maybe Donald Trump could uh, locate Maybe this is what he had in mind when he came up with that term. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and he works through each one of us, you know. That's right. Even, you know, even these kings that, you know, are leaders that are total despots. And uh, actually, uh, Christ was really um, saying that you should be a despot as a leader, but a benevolent despot by the rules of the Bible. Yeah. Well, the the uh, the leader carries a sword, mm-hmm. and he carries a sword for a reason because the state has a right to use force to uphold uh, God's order, the moral mm-hmm. order, social order. Uh, and no one else has that right, but the state has that right, and of course, the state is now abusing that right by using the powers of the state to enforce a totally unnatural order and impose it on the people of America. Yeah. So it's the world turned upside down. It is, inverted. And and people don't seem to realize that this carving up their children's genitals is just part of the eugenicism, you know? (laughs) uh, I think a lot of people, it's too far. They've gone too far. Really? Really? It's part of the logic of the, uh, the internal logic of sexual deviance. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning it was, uh, should married couples be allowed to purchase contraceptives? Mm-hmm. That was the big issue in the early 60s. And there were a lot of married people out there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, you know, it seems like just this new invention. It's called the birth control pill and... You know, you don't have to take it. It's just, you know, freedom of choice. So a lot of people went along with it, and they didn't understand that it was the thin end of the wedge. Yeah. And that um, no-fault divorce came in right around the same time, too. Well, divorce, divorce was one of the first things that happened. It wasn't no-fault, but it was divorce. Like, right after the war, I think it was a function of World War II. Yeah. And, and the infidelity and promiscuity and rape that goes naturally along with war. Yeah. And a lot of people came back damaged and they couldn't really get that damage under control and so they well, we'll, we'll accommodate it. And so one of the, you're right, one of the first, even before contraception, the issue was divorce. That was mm-hmm. an early 50s issue. And right. then you say, okay, well, we'll take care of that and then that leads to promiscuity and then promiscuity leads to, well, what am I going to do? She's pregnant now. Mm-hmm. And that leads, first of all, you try and prevent that with contraception, and then that doesn't work, and then it leads to abortion, and then abortion is murder. Mm-hmm. So that up, opens up a whole another floodgate where suddenly it's okay to murder people. And, and you said uh, Jews have like 140 organizations that uh, abortion is a sacrament. And then if you're aborting 63 million or whatever number they choose... Well, then that gives them leadway to let in that many invaders. 
That's right. Well, it's actually, it's now over 400 Jewish organizations. And oh. I said it, I use the word sacrament because I'm a Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, Jews don't have sacraments, so it's a metaphor. No. But right. uh, they said uh, abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Mm-hmm. So I brought that up with Ben Shapiro when he came to speak to the Right to Life Banquet here in South Bend. And we went back and forth on that. Uh, oh, you stood up in the front of the uh, auditorium there, right? Or yeah, I meeting. did. Yeah, it didn't, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I, I wouldn't have won any popularity contest, I guarantee you, after that. I could feel the tension there, but I thought, someone's got to bring this up, you know? Because, you know, I've been involved in the Right to Life. I lost my job as a professor because I stood up uh, yeah. against abortion. Uh, and here's yeah. this guy, and I, I, you know, it's like, well, you're preaching to the choir here, Ben. Do you do this to uh, Jewish organizations? Well, he said he did, but, you know, saying it and making it true are two different things. If you did, Ben, it hasn't had any effect. It's had the exact opposite effect. So then he tries to tell me that they're not really Jews. When, and I said, well, you know, who are you? Are you the Jewish pope? I didn't know that. You're going to excommunicate the yeah. overwhelming majority of Jews? They're all wrong, and you're right. You're the only guy in the army that's marching in step. The entire army is out of step here. <laughs> and then what he said on Joe Rogan's, right, about when he asked him about Christ, right? So, yeah. That, uh, no, no, we don't believe in him. You know. Yeah, we know that. And, and yeah. that's fine. Because no one should be forced to believe in Jesus Christ. No. But then don't force me to offer up incense to your religion, Ben, which is right. exactly what you did to Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Offer up incense to your idol. No, I'm not going to do that. As a matter of fact, I'm forbidden to do that. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we are in a country where uh, the Holocaust is the established religion. And yep. the, the, the United States government will never put a penny toward building a church, but they build Holocaust museums in basically every big city in this country. That's all their those, religion. This yeah, is a violation those, of the separation of church and state. Yeah, and nobody it, can seem to say this. It's all dim lit in there. I wonder, a Holocaust denier. All those shoes in there, that just must be an industry in itself, all those smelly shoes, right, in each of those places. Well, that's Lauren Finkelstein is the man who said it's called the Holocaust industry. Yeah, yeah, Holocaustianity, and it's fake. And I'm so glad you're bringing that out. You well, know, good. the I book mean, is available. The Holocaust narrative is available at uh, fidelitypress.org. Mm-hmm. I and haven't posted it in I our said, chat room. I mean, this is in the news just yesterday. Everybody's talking about Elon Musk at Auschwitz. If you want to know what really happened or why we're talking about Auschwitz and not Dachau, right, right. Which is the was the paradigmatic camp when I was a child. My father's best friend had pictures. He was with Patton's army when they liberated Dachau, and I saw pictures of those dead bodies mm -hmm. when I was, well, what was I? It must have been 10 years old, something like that. It made a big impression on me. Mm -hmm. But that's when people talked about Dachau, and we talked about there were actually Catholics in Dachau. That yeah. narrative got hijacked by A. Lee Wiesel in 1958, when uh, night came out, and that became, now it's Auschwitz is the paradigmatic concentration camp, and only Jews suffered during the Holocaust. No one else suffered. A young if you yeah. read the official site, one of these official sites uh, on Dachau, they don't even mention Catholics. The, yeah. the Jews allowed homosexuals and gypsies to be mentioned, but the Catholics have been completely excluded from uh, the, uh, the narrative completely excluded from Dachau. Well, Mike, that's the, you know, it's Christ. You have to eliminate that, right? Because most of the Germans were Catholic, Christians, you know? A good good portion yes. of them were. Yes, it was certainly half and half in Protestant Catholic. And so you're right. What, what you're seeing here is the exclusion of Catholics from the Holocaust narrative. They've mm -hmm. been stripped out. It's identity theft. They, and Dachau was created in 1933. Yeah, it, uh, 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 Auschwitz wasn't created till ten years later. Right, and that was a work camp for Farben, basically, and there were thousands of babies born there. 
they had swing sets, they had, they had theater, yeah. they had a swimming pool, and that was a work camp. You know, and says, what, what, what did it say yeah. over the over the entrance? Work makes you free, right? Yeah, Arbeit macht frei. I guess nobody understands German anymore. Uh, so why are they saying you Arbeit macht yourself frei German, didn't you? You're just going there to die. No, you're going right. there to work. Right. And they they even would fire, uh, you know, chefs if they didn't cook the food so the nutrients stayed in it. Ursula Haberbeck, uh, in her 90s, was put in prison for reading these books on air. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. You're Time welcome. My pleasure. Good, Come good back again, please. Good talking to you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We'll be back on the other side of the hour. media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. You're listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 